I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, November 19, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Let's see what we've got on the docket today, even despite the fact that the market still is rather quiet in float mode slash chop shop. There's still stuff going on underneath the hood. We have a couple of trades to review. I think we can learn something from a couple of different charts. We're going to throw the ball around the horn. We're going to look at a variety of different markets and different charts within those markets, and it's going to give us a pretty good picture of where we are. I also have something a little bit esoteric today. has to do with cycles, and I'm going to clue you in on something I found, something I've been eyeballing, A couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, I might have mentioned that we're looking for a top to occur this week. So that still is the case, and it doesn't have to be a long-lasting top, but I think this week is important, and I'm going to show you why I think that, and then we can put it together with the price that I gave you last night. So I provide a price and where I get it from. Now I'm going to provide something a little bit different, something many of you haven't seen before, but some of you have. In a way, this is right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, but it's a little bit out there. It's a little bit esoteric. It's a little bit deep inside my head. It's what you signed up for, so it's what you're going to get. But that's not where we're going to start. Let's start with where we are, which is really just stating the obvious, but we'll take a couple of seconds and do it we're high on the chart we're in an uptrend technically speaking looking at the daily chart does it tell me anything's wrong with the market does today's red candle give me any indication that things are going to fall apart beginning at 9 30 a.m eastern standard time on wednesday no do we see anything different than we've been seeing on the daily chart no so therefore Let's move it along, we'll throw the ball around the horn, and let's go down to some other time frames. Here's a 240-minute chart, and we have that same candle, only it's a little bit more magnified. It's beginning to look like a reversal. We have a little bit of volume behind it as compared to the rest of the volume on this chart of recent, so therefore, we begin to take notice. Not sure it's exactly a puzzle piece yet, but this is how we begin to develop concepts, develop ideas, develop the language the chart is speaking. Are we understanding it? What about the 120-minute chart? So it's starting to look, again, a little interesting. On one hand, there's nothing wrong. We're above all the moving averages. It's in an uptrend. It's going sideways, eating time off the clock. Nothing wrong here. Nothing to see. Move it along. Hold on a second. We had another new high, and the market reversed pretty quickly away from that new high. That, in and of itself, has to be a puzzle piece. It has to be on the table. As small or as big it is, when markets reverse, we take notice. It may not reverse on a longer-term chart, and that's fine, but they begin on the shorter-term charts. So like we said previously, we're on the lookout. We're stalking the market. Where are the traders setting up? Not 
Tyler from his mother's basement. I'm talking about the big money. Where is the big money setting up for the next trade? That's all we really want to know. So all of a sudden, on the 120-minute chart, I can't help but take notice something happening. They're starting to develop into a bear flag pattern. Couple of spikes up, couple of tests run up toward the top end of the breakdown or supposed breakdown candle. That's the way I'm framing it out. We're framing out both sides of the tape. First, it's in an uptrend. We already said that. Second, on a more micro level, we start to see something unfold. We take notice. I've taken notice. It's a puzzle piece. I put it on the table. The hourly chart, you would expect to see the same thing. We see much of the same thing, yet we're still above the moving averages. Same bear flag pattern, riding the 20 period moving average. So if in fact they give up the 20 period moving average, something could get cooking on the downside for the bear case. Where are they going on the downside? Well, if they're going, let's figure out where they're going. In fact, they're really not going anywhere different than we already said they were going if they were going down, but we might as well reiterate where they're going. For now, we're not talking about a pull the rug out, open the trap door type of scenario. We're talking about a garden variety pullback. 311 is the first order of business. Now, why 311? Well, inside the numbers, members get the important numbers. That's on the board as an important number. So we'll just leave it at that for the time being. But the one below that is pretty obvious. It's a gap. Maybe they come up short. Maybe they spike it through by a little bit. But that's what we're talking about in terms of a pullback of garden variety over the next day or two. And that, my friends, if it happened, and it's a big if, this is a hypothetical situation However, it is one of the schematics that I'm laying on the table. Could we make a case that the 309 and a half area really is the last breakout area? Don't markets like to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas? I think the answer is yes. I think we've gone over that enough. And so I would expect an assemblance of garden variety market support. The buy the dip crowd should show up if we found the market down all the way at 309 and a half, give or take. Remember that 240 minute chart? Oh, look at that. You got a 20 period moving average spiked right into where? 309 and a half. I'm not saying the market will get there in short order. I'm saying if it does get there in short order, under normal garden variety market conditions, we can apply the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, That's a price area that should be supportive by the market. Normally, that would be one of those, if three guys tell you you're drunk, go sit down type of areas. Now, we're going to throw a little short hop. We're going to get the ball going around the horn. And we're going to change gears for a second and talk about something different. Last night, I explained where I got a target price from. I don't know if the market will get to the target price. But when I come up with a target price and the price was 315.04 in the SPY, doesn't mean we have to get there in one shot. Market could pull back first, but I think the market may achieve that price. So that being said, here's what I'm saying. I showed you where it came from. It makes sense to me that that would be a number that would be magnetic to the market. 
We'll find out if I'm right. I don't have to be right. These things don't necessarily always work out right, but we come up with these numbers and then we watch to see what happens. And if the market becomes attracted to the number and we have other things simultaneously going on that give us more information, more evidence, helps to build the puzzle, more pieces to the puzzle, that's when we begin to put together the monster trades. Doesn't only apply to the S&P, it could apply to a stock, it could apply to any chart. That's what I'm teaching in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. It's the three-pillar approach. The first pillar is to learn the foundation of how markets really work. That's what's in the course. The second pillar is the continuing education like this. The third pillar is inside the numbers where you get the tour guide and the trade opportunities each and every day. It's working. We'll get back to that in a moment. Let me swing back in the lane on the SPY weekly chart. So we talked about the price. Now let me show you something a little bit different. Now, we're not sure it's going to exactly mean anything, but it's something worth watching. Whenever I find things like this, I'm always keen to watch them because sometimes they turn out to be whoppers and other times they turn out to be a big nothing burger. But here's something I'm watching. And by the way, one of the main reasons why I'm watching it closely right now is because we're so close to the price we talked about yesterday. Here it is. If you take the low right here, and in this particular case, it'll be very interesting to see if time converges with price. From this low, it's exactly 24 weeks to this candle here. Also counting this candle, we're in the 24th week. Last week was week 24 from this low. Now, we don't know whether that's going to be meaningful or not yet, but we're going to find out at the conclusion of this week. Here's a fantasy. They run up and they hit... 315.04, maybe even higher, and close the week on a reversal. Now, that would be something. I'm not expecting that. I'm not forecasting that. I'm just saying those are the type of things that create that one trade, the one trade that takes you to the next level. So whether it's this time or another time, these are the type of things that I look for. I look in the corners where nobody wants to sit. Let's switch over and check out Camp IWM. So nothing really happened today. Camp IWM was up. In fact, it was up one-third of one percent. So it was leading indicator in terms of against the SPY. But nothing really happened on the bigger picture. We're still in an uptrend above the moving averages, riding the 20-period moving average. It's interesting. It's not extended from the 20-period moving average like other markets are. So there is a divergence. In fact, I will say there are divergences out here. Whenever there are divergences, they're going to reconcile themselves. The question here is, what's going to happen? Is the IWM going to pull the rest of the market up? Is this going to be the bull flag pattern that breaks out right now, right here, right now? Is this the one? Is this the big bull flag pattern that breaks out right now? Well, I'll tell you, if you want to count the flag from all the way down there, you have more time on your hands to eat off the clock if you want the secondary or the continuation move from there. 
However, that's not to say the market can't move higher from here, can certainly move higher from here. If we move over to a weekly chart, we can see that the next real big challenge area, and some of you may be thinking, oh, well, I can see the next big challenge area already, and it would be the top end of this breakdown candle high, 169, so call it somewhere in the neighborhood of 168 and change, up to 170, something like that. But that's not really the next big area. Where is the next big area? It's before that. There's a method that I teach in the course that I would suggest is still valid as a resistance area before we got up to the area that we just discussed that you thought it was, that it still may be later on, but I still think there's an area first. Why am I not telling you? Because people steal stuff. I tell you a lot, but I don't tell you everything. Not even close to everything. What happens when the train stops down at the transportation department? What do we have? Well, we're still riding the 20-period moving average. All of a sudden, the breakup candle low is, once again, in question. What am I talking about? Right here. We're still beating on it. The more times they beat on it, the more likely it is to give way They'll go down and fill the gap or even do something different. So, for example, the longer they make this flag formation out of this big down move from the tail, we talked about that. We said it at the time. This is the type of candle that a trader can be short against a close, a daily close above that high. As it turned out, the market came down and it's still making a formation that we may get a continuation move. So that's what I see on this chart. And what I meant to say, or I began to say, was the longer that we do the flag part of the bear flag formation, the more pronounced the continuation move will be. So right now, we could still get supported at the gap, no problem. The transports have really only gone back and forth for a few days. They're still in an uptrend. Just giving up the 20 period moving average doesn't cancel the uptrend. What does the hourly chart say? Well, the hourly chart is below the moving averages, so guess what? It looks like a duck, it walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. The hourly chart and the daily chart is beginning to say, the hourly chart is saying, lower prices is more likely than higher prices until and unless what? Until and unless you get above the high of this breakdown candle, which is also the moving averages, which is also a duck on the other direction. We don't have to make it harder than it is. Sometimes it's very hard. Sometimes it's just a duck. Speaking of which, sometimes we get a duck. We had four trades hit their entry target today. Let's take a look at those four charts. We'll have a little change. We'll learn something. We'll look at something a little bit different. The first one you saw on the list is the first one we'll discuss, Urban Outfitters. Here's a 15-minute intraday chart. You can see what happened. The stock closed yesterday, $30.16, getting whacked pretty good at the open. It's a woodshed day, no question about it. The problem is the stock comes close, making a low of $28.81 against an entry target of $28.75, trades away. Had a really, really good rally away from there, and we don't want it the second time around. Trades through doesn't work the second time around, which is precisely the reason why we don't want it. We only want the first attempt. So technically, this is a no trade. 
Second one on the board was JWN. Stock closed yesterday up at 37.88, getting whacked at the open. This one was a rodeo, wasn't the ideal trade, was kind of a crap trade, but here it is. Came into the 35.90, spiked through pretty good, but never made it to the second target. Now, when they're close together like this, I'm expecting one or the other or both to work so we can average the prices. Half a plate. Half a position at price number one, half a position at price number two. You can see what happened. Pretty self-explanatory. Trades right back over to entry price number one after hitting entry price number two. The important numbers are important. They are magnetic to the market. We see that each and every night, all the time. You see why the numbers are magnetic to the market which is why these trades work in the majority of the cases. We can use the 80-20 rule. It's actually slightly below that right now. As of yesterday's close, I didn't put the trades today on the board yet. 77.94%. That is stocks on the move. The records exist from March 27th, 2019 through yesterday. 78%. The 80-20 rule. It just is what it is. KSS, another real quick rodeo. Look at this close yesterday. 5835, 4840 was the buy price opportunity. Stock made a low in the first five minute candle of the day. 4808 had a rocket ride. Look at the high, $50.27. So traders get some of that. No trader gets all of that. It's virtually impossible. But I'm just showing you what can happen, what does happen a lot of the time. Sometimes these trades just keep going. Other times they come back to the original price. But here's the difference. The stocks or any market, this is the Roku trade, which we'll talk about in a moment. Any market or any chart, the price is headed to a destination. So a lot of traders get scared away by what they think is a falling knife. Why is that? Well, there's a number of reasons why. Let's go over a couple. A, it's called a falling knife. It sounds dangerous. So they've already assigned it a danger name. It sounds dangerous. If danger is attached to money, it sounds like it could disappear. It sounds like it could be ripped out of my pocket. So that's how we start the conversation when something is moving in the southern direction. We already have a negative connotation. Sometimes it will be negative. Sometimes it won't be. If you believe me for a minute and things, meaning price or stocks or markets, are headed to a destination, then the other reason is, or another reason, the second reason at least, is most traders, most people can't figure out where that destination is. So when they have no idea, everything appears random. It's not random. If it was random, you wouldn't see these trades appear over and over and over again. That's right. You saw Roku. The entry was 148.70. The stock closed yesterday at 160 and change. That wasn't the low of day, but it was pretty darn close. And look what the high of day was, 158. And here's the deal. That's the second time and second time in a few months We got a $10 run out of Roku. How do you like them apples? Important numbers. Okay, so we look at a 60-minute chart, and all of a sudden, we start to see, all of a sudden, didn't look that tough. 
Got a lot of stuff. Let me go over some of the stuff. They filled a gap. Okay, check. Do gaps work 100% of the time? No. Do they work a lot of the time? Yes. Also, the market kind of stutter-stepped around here for a while, so that's something else. It's another puzzle piece. We'll put it on the same table. This isn't the table from before. This is a side table just relating to Roku. But guess what? Those weren't even the only two things that interested me. If you took either course, lazy e-mini trader, lazy gap trader, you could have used a different chart, come up with the same number using something completely different. So that was another item. You ever get a tall stack of pancakes? This is beginning to look like a tall stack. But wait, there's more. Focus over here on the left. Look at all the times that the market came close to or traded in and around that price 148.70, sometimes slightly above it, sometimes slightly below it, but it did it a lot of times. Let's give a couple of examples. Here the high was 148.54, in the big scheme of things, pretty close. The high here, 149.45, we have one here, the high was 148.94, Here we close the day, 148.84. You get the point. You could do it yourself. You see how many times something in that neighborhood attracted the market. Look at this one here. The high was 148.85. Here's one, 148.70. Bingo. It came in and around that price too many times. You have a gap. You have the thing I teach in the Lazy Gap Trader course. I also teach it in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. This was not in the 80-20 camp. This was in the 95-5 camp. I'll take this trade 110 out of 110 times with no fear of losing. With the full and complete understanding, there will be a handful of times where something crazy happens. But here's the way you have to look at it, and it's not just Roku, it's any chart that sets up like this. For every loser that you do have on a chart setup like this, you're gonna have 10 winners or more. They scare you away by calling it the falling knife. Everything is a matter of perspective. People run away from a falling knife unless they're precise enough to catch one. Back in our lane, Anything to report in the queues? No, not at all. We can just move it along. How about the financials? Anything to report? The chart looks very similar to the IWM. It's not the same. Nothing ever looks identical. But that's the first thing that popped into my mind when the XLF daily chart came up. It's in an uptrend. It's interesting. The SMH, anything outstanding on this chart one way or the other? No, it's in an uptrend. It was down 46 cents or one-third of 1% on a 134 $135 stock. Don't worry about it. Move along. It's just really not telling us anything. And that, my friends, is a pretty good place to pull the ripcord for today. I will not do so without telling you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible, so I want to thank each and every one of you. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.